This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. I am Craig, and over there, he is... I'm Chris. Chris, welcome back. Good to be here. All right. Well, glad to have you. Today, we're talking about financing your truck and your trailer. We're going to be going over the different types of institutions where you might uh, seek out a loan, and we're going to talk about the differences between those and what you can kind of expect there, uh, as well as a few other tidbits about how these loans operate. Uh, but before we do that, Chris, I am curious because I haven't seen you in a little while. How's it going out on the road? Um, it's been good. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've had some good adventures. We, it, we, it's actually been what, two or three weeks since we've seen each other or looked each other in the eye. It, well, it, it's been the most peaceful two weeks of my life. <laughs> I'm that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so what's, uh, what's going on on the road these days before we get to the podcast proper, I just want to hear how things are going out there. Um, they're going really well overall. Um, Everything's going really well. You know, like anything in trucking, you're always going to have some some hiccups and bumps along the road. So to speak. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we only speak in uh, road metaphors we here. We do. Yeah. Um, puns and all that kind of stuff <laughs> abound. That's for sure. I, I did. Um, I, I've got a good story on, you know, to make fun of myself, uh, another good rookie mistake I made uh, not too long ago. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so... I was I, I was picking up a load of frozen chicken in the Atlanta Georgia area, um, and I, I get I get there and I check in to get loaded. They they have me back up to a dock and I have this sheet. You know, I can't remember exactly how many pallets I was getting loaded onto the truck, but they you know typically they tell you how many pallets and you tell them how you want the pallets loaded onto the truck so that your weight's distributed mm-hmm. evenly and, and you don't have too much weight anywhere. you like either on your drive tires or on the trailer tandem tires. And so they've got this big, huge disclaimer. They want to load it different than I normally would load based on the number of pallets that we had. And they've got this big, huge disclaimer um, saying, if you don't load the way that we want to load and the load has to be reshifted so that you hit your weights right, then you're going to have to pay money out of your pocket for us to go in and reshuffle things yeah. around. And so I call my dispatcher, Jake, and I talk to him and Jake's all like, well, that's not how I do it, but they should know how to load their product. So we'll just go and do what they say because we don't want to get stuck with the bill if, right. if things have to get changed around. So to make a long story short, I get all loaded up and um, there's no scale on this property. And I've got an air scale on my trailer. So I've got a, a little thing that can, you know, it, it's uh, from air pressure from the yeah, air suspension. The will tire pressure? Yeah, not tire, but the, the suspension is oh, an okay. air suspension. And so oh, gotcha. it, okay. it, it's got essentially like a scale built into the trailer. So you can at least see what the, you know, pretty accurately what the weight on the the trailer tires is. And, but for that to work, you have to be able to park on basically a flat area and you have to be able to release your brakes to, and, and cause there's, there's something similar in the truck as well. It's, it's not quite as accurate, but 
there is nowhere flat anywhere near this property where, where, yeah. uh, so I, I have nowhere <laughs> to adjust it. Um, I, I'm wanting to get out of there because it's the Atlanta area and I'm going to have to drive through Atlanta traffic if I, if I get delayed too much. And so I just decided to take off. So I take off and I, I, I'm looking, you know, maybe there's a place close that I can kind of at least pull over and, and check the scales, my air scale and make sure everything's close. Uh, there's literally, I can't find anywhere to pull off that's flat or to be able to do that. And so I end up having to drive, I get all the way through the Atlanta metropolitan area before I find a place where I can actually finally pull over. And it, and it actually happens to be, it was a pilot or a flying J or something, somewhere with a scale. And so I decided just, okay, I'm going to pay the 1150 to get weighed and I go get weighed. And I was 400 pounds heavy (laughs) on my drive tires. Yeah. And, and I had my tandem shifted all the way forward. So that takes as much weight as possible, puts as much of it onto the, um, trailer tires and less onto the drive tires of the tractor. So I've already got everything shifted as far as it'll go. And so I can't, I can't shift anymore there. The only thing I can do at this point is I can, I I had a little bit of room. I could slide my fifth wheel forward and I, and my drive tires didn't have, or my steer tires didn't have too much weight on them. So I, I did that and I was able to get it shifted. So I had like 20 pounds to spare. But the problem is, is at that at that point where I'm I'm actually okay, I only have three quarters of a tank of fuel. So if I put more fuel into the truck, I'm gonna go You're overweight because that that goes right onto the drive tires right. essentially because the the fuel tanks are, are right there by the drive tires. So I'm like, okay, I can make that work. I just when I fuel, I'm not gonna be able to fill all the way up. I'll fill up to three quarters of a tank and lottie dottie. So I I drive. This load's going all the way from Atlanta to Portland, longest which load is a, I've done. A, which is great if you only have to, or if you can only fill up, what, two-thirds yeah, of a so, tank. Yeah, that, fantastic. That, yeah, that, that makes it so I have to stop for fuel more often <laughs> for, for, a, for a, a pretty long trip. Well, to make a long story short, I, I think this this um, trip gets me all the way to Salt Lake to where I do a, I'm able to do a 34-hour reset and get some home time, 34 hours roughly of home time. I do a really good job. I think I fuel twice in between. Um, I've got to have the the reefer set at zero degrees, so the reefer's running, you know, fairly hard. Um, that's the the lowest at that point that I'd ever had to to run it. So I'm I'm not super comfortable with how much fuel it's consuming. So I want to make sure I've got a fuel full tank. So I I get into Salt Lake, and I think at that point, you know, my my fuel tank itself is down to maybe a quarter of a tank. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fill up and I'm going to fill the reefer and go park the truck and then go home. So I, I, I do that and I'm just totally not thinking. And what do I do? You fill it all the I way up. I fill it all the way up. Just not even <laughs> thinking, fill it all the way up. So I know I'm like, I probably at this point, another 400 pounds overweight. So I, I, freak out a little bit and I think, well, what can I do? I, I actually call the port to see if there's anything I can do. And they're like, nope, if you're overweight, you're going to get a ticket. Cause I know I'm, I know what I'm, know I'm driving through a port that's almost always open, no way around it. So what I end up doing is I have this, this great idea and I call my dad and I say, Hey dad, I'm going to be leaving Monday morning, early in the morning. Can you meet me at the flying J in Ogden, Utah, which is about 10 minutes from his house 
with your pickup truck and 10 <laughs> five-gallon five cans <laughs> of fuel and we'll siphon, siphon fuel oh, out Lord. of my truck. So <laughs> that's what we ended up doing. Like my dad meets me at like six o'clock in the morning at the Flying J in Ogden and we <laughs> siphon 50 gallons of fuel by out hand? of my... Um, the uh, Home Depot actually has these really cool little siphon things that have like a, a little brass bearing inside of them that you can shake it. And so okay. you don't have to suck. Yeah. It was, I was just, hoping to hear that you were just drinking diesel. No, it didn't have to drink any diesel. It, it actually worked pretty <laughs> smooth. And so it only ended up taking us about 30 minutes, but we siphoned. People probably thought we were still in fuel. Um, Cause <laughs> luckily his, his pickup truck, it's a diesel, but it was completely full. So we couldn't put any in there. So it was just all in five gallon cans of uh, fuel into the back of his pickup truck. You know, uh, I there was a mentor of mine who I, I had done something kind of stupid and uh, and he was rightfully judging me for said stupid thing and uh, was kind of lecturing me about it. And he said, well, you know, there's only one way to get good judgment. And I said, what's that? And he said, experience. And he said, the only problem is experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you'll know. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully I'll learn from that mistake and not make that one again. That's awesome. No, that's a great story. Uh, and you recently got to take your wife out on the road as well, I did. right? That was fun for the first time. Yeah. We, uh, I had a load of ice cream that I was taking from Wisconsin to Portland. Same thing kind of came through Salt Lake. Um, we pawned the kids off on some family members and um, left. I, we had to leave at like, two o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. Monday morning. So we, uh, yeah, she jumped in the truck with me and she had experienced life on the road. Yeah. We had a, we had a, a really good time. She, she enjoyed it because she didn't have to deal with any kids. She got to just kind of hang out or drive thing. the truck. She didn't have to, she didn't have to drive the truck and <laughs> she, uh, got to sleep in the sleeper and take some naps. And we, uh, um, the first night we stopped at a rest stop, like this little podunk restaurant stop in, um, Brothers, Oregon. It's just kind of outside of, just east of Bend, Oregon. Um, and nothing around, like nothing. Like a literally, they have a school with like twelve kids in it, a K through yeah. like eighth grade with twelve kids in the school. And there's this tiny little cafe, and we decided to have dinner at the cafe and one of the best hamburgers we've ever had. Nice. So it was fun. All right, Brothers, Oregon. Brothers, Oregon. Okay, yeah. well, I'm marking that one down on my map. I drive yeah. through there sometimes. You should. Yeah. Very nice. What was the? Do you remember what the diner was called? Um, it's the it's only, the thing, only in thing in Brothers, okay, Oregon. Right, right. So if you ever go there, just eat there. It was good. Duly noted. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, I think that's probably enough throat clearing for today. Maybe we get on to the topic at hand. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about a very important subject, financing a truck and a trailer. And it's really, for the most part, a, a similar, if not exactly the same process, whether it's a truck or trailer. So we're just kind of combining this into one episode. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's get started on that. Um, now, financing is something that I have some experience with, but I won't pretend to be an expert on it. I think as I've I've mentioned on previous episodes, I believe, uh, I used to work in banking. And so I've been around financing, but luckily I was, I, luckily, um, I wasn't making enough money to actually have to uh, write the loans or anything like that. Uh, but I've been around it a little bit. What sort of, so give me an idea of how similar or how different it is from other loan processes that, I might have gone through auto loans, home loans, uh, that sort of thing. 
In, in a lot of ways, it, it's fairly similar, fairly similar. It's just a lot more intrusive. You know, both of us have been in the banking world and it's just, it, it's way more involved. One of the things that I kind of would recommend to people up front is you need to know going into the process that it's going to take a while. It's not going to get easy. They're get, you're going to have to provide more personal information than you would like to, but there's really no way to get around that. And you're probably going to get frustrated along the way. It's going to take, it's going to take time. Well, and one thing to remember, I remember the shift when I was, uh, I was working in retail banking and I was doing consumer stuff for a long time. Uh, so, you know, auto loans and home loans. And the moment I shifted over to small business banking and uh, helping people with those loans, uh, as you say, the intrusiveness goes way, way up. It's, it, it's everything short of sacrificing oxen to ball to, you know, to get a loan. Right? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's everything. Yeah, you, especially depending on the lender. But it, so some can be more or less aggressive with what they're requesting, but they're all subject to federal and state regulations that basically mandate that, yes, they are going to look into every corner of your life. Yeah, it, it's it, it's painful. I mean, it, you, you just have to go into it knowing that this is not going to be a super fun process, but it's a necessary evil for most of us, unless you've got some, you know, you've won the lottery or something and have a <laughs> big windfall of money coming sure. in. It's, it's something that you're going to have to do. And I've been through the process a dozen plus times on the business, small business side of things. And it's just, it's a pain in the butt. In fact, I'm going through it right now, trying to build a building and this one has been like, I'm, I'm literally ready to pull all my hair out, guide, gouge my eyes. I mean, it's, it's been the most painful thing Luckily, you've in the been entire on, world. You've been on the road, which I think makes things a lot easier, right? Yeah. yeah because I get upon some of it <laughs> off onto my brother. He oh, gets to handle that. some of it. All right. Well, uh, okay. So walk me through some of the places you might go. Cause there are different types of lenders, right? Yeah. I kind of categorize lenders into three categories, at least the ones that, that do, equipment type financing for tractors and trailers. You've kind of got your, you know, your big traditional banks where you've probably got your, um, a checking account or savings account, credit unions, those kind of guys, they're in, in one category. Another category are going to be companies that really specialize in equipment financing and, and specialize specifically in trucks and trailers. And, and a lot of times you can get access to those guys through the dealerships that you're, where you're looking for trucks and trailers. They oftentimes have relationships with a lot of these guys and, and they're usually the ones that understand the trucking industry. So they're going to be a little bit more friendly. They understand some of the nuances. And so even though you may not have perfect credit, they're not going to put as much weight on that. They're going to put more weight on your experience and your ability to make money in the trucking world. Now, if we back up a little bit from that one and go back to the banks and credit unions, do you you keep those lumped together? Because I know a lot, I do, of, yeah. I a think, lot of people I mean, will really go to bat for one or the other. Yeah, but in, in the grander scheme of things, their credit appetites and kind of what they're looking for pretty are pretty similar. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and what's the third type? The third one would just be some of the like smaller, not mom and pop lenders that they may do just trucking, but they're a small, smaller group, typically a little bit more flexible, um, understanding. Sometimes they can be easier to deal with. Sometimes they can be harder to deal with. So as we talk about these three types and I, we have other things that we'll want to talk about, but I do want to hang on this subject for just a moment uh, because a, a question occurred to me when you were talking about the that kind of level two lender, the trucking specialists that 
your truck salesman has, has worked with a lot, that sort of thing. Um, those mid-tier lenders, the way you were talking about it, my brain just went automatically like, oh yeah, that's a no-brainer. That Obviously, we would want to go with that. But what would be the advantages to going with a larger bank or credit like, union or a smaller place? So typically, the larger banks or credit unions are going to have better rates. That, that's where you're going to get your best rates. Your absolute lowest. Your lowest, yeah. your lowest interest rate, um, most favorable terms, but they're also the hardest to qualify for. And and that's really why you get the best rates. So um, uh, oftentimes... The, the mo- they're the most risk averse. They're the most risk averse, yep. They, they have a very s- described set of parameters. If you don't fit in those parameters, you don't meet every little piece of their qualification they're not going to even look at you. And 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 typically those kind of guys not not always, but for the most part they're not going to lend to somebody that's starting a brand new business. Okay. Uh, well, and that leads me actually to another question you you mentioned the parameters uh and what each of these uh, let, let's talk about what each of these types of lenders are looking for. It is a little bit different, right? Yeah, they're they're not going to be looking at the same criteria for each at each place, right? Yeah, absolutely. Different lenders have kind of different criteria. I I kind of call it a checklist. So, you know, they they each lender has a checklist of things, different criteria that you have to meet, and they want to check off each one of those items in their on their checklist. And if you meet each one of those items, then you're good to go. If you don't meet one of those items, they that may be something that's an automatic rejection or maybe just increasing your rate or it can make some, make it so that it changes terms, increase a rate, or they may require a a larger down payment or, you know, something along those lines. And that's something that happened to you. Uh, Well, maybe we'll get to that in just a moment. Let's kind of stick with this. So not every lender has the same list of criteria. Um, So let's, talk about what what the full list might be okay. and then what some of the distances or differences would be. be before we get into that though let's look at the, let's talk a little bit about those three different categories again oh, okay. if you i would recommend that when you go into this lending process that you don't talk to just one lender and and just settle on one person go out and see multiple lenders talk to multiple lenders and see if you can get a quote from multiple lenders. And I would recommend you get at least one, if not two from each one of those categories. Um, you may find out that you just don't, there's no way you can qualify for a, a bank. So you, you can't get a quote out of a, out of a bank, but you know, go for those other two qu- categories, try to find one. Cause the, the, the terms and conditions, um, of, of two lenders in the same category typically are going to be pretty similar. Where you're going to see the bigger differences is when you're shifting from one category to another. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I I definitely try to get quotes from from multiple and multiple different categories. Okay. Very good. All right. So you, to, stop, stepping back to what you were talking about before, um, talking about the criteria, right? What uh, you know, what are what are the, some of the things that are on that checklist? Um, you know. In the trucking world, they're gonna, they've got some specific things that they're going to look for. So you take, for example, um, one thing that's always uh, uh, on the criteria is how long you've been a driver. You know, if you've owned a truck in the past, you know, how, basically how much experience you have in the trucking industry. Also that's important to them is how much money you're going to be able to put down. Um, for some, credit score might be important. Um, for others, it might not be. Um, they're going to want to know if you have any assets like a home or a savings account. 
Um, and also if you've been in business before, that's kind of some of the, the main, um, most common things that they're going to want to know about you. But different types of lenders are going to give different weight to those categories, right? Yeah. And so when you talk about credit score, I, I can almost guarantee without knowing anything about this, that those banks and credit unions are going to care about that score. Absolutely. Yep. Banks and credit unions, typically they, they want you to have a good credit score. Right. And that might be less important to the smaller lenders. The smaller lenders. And even a lot of the times the guys that, that specialize in the trucking industry, again, they, they aren't as concerned about your credit score. They're more concerned about, can you make enough money to be able to continue to make payments on that loan? Do you have enough experience in the industry that you're going to be able to, to make money? That's oftentimes to those guys more important than your credit score. Right. It's not about your past. It's about your present situation and what you're going to be able to do. What you're capable of. Right. Yeah. Credit score. Oftentimes, I mean, if you look at it, it kind of shows what your past behavior has been like. And, and a lot of banks will say, well, that's a good indicator of what your future behavior is going to be. But oftentimes lenders in this, you know, the equipment financing, the, the truck financing world, they, they know that more important than what your past behavior has been, it's what your future potential is. Right. And they're, and they're kind of lending more based on your future potential. Well, and so let's now bring this to your situation, because this is something that you just went through to finance your own truck and your own trailer. Now you are, you are like anybody else. You have a list of strengths and weaknesses as far as, uh, as far as a, a, what a lender would look at. And so I know that one of your weaknesses would be that you weren't driving trucks before this. Yeah. Right. And, and that's something that you've been talking it, about for the last five minutes. Yeah, it was, it was a weakness for me is I, I, I didn't have any driving experience. Um, and so there were actually lenders that, that wouldn't look at me, which is kind of funny because in every other aspect, I, I, I'm, I'm like super well qualified. I've got lots of assets. I've got a good chunk of money I could put down. Um, I have really, really good credit. Um, I, I've proven myself with, with success, running successful businesses in the past. You know, I, I have all those things going really well for me, but several lenders were just like, okay, all that's great, but have you driven a truck before? And well, no, I haven't. And they're like, well, we don't even want to look at you. Yeah. Take a hike. How about that? Yeah. So where, where other, other lender, those same lenders would look at a guy that's driven for a long time and may not have assets, may not have a good credit score, may not have any of those things that I had and, and they'd be perfectly fine with it. Right. And so finding a, Going to all these different lenders, getting these quotes that you're talking about, you know, three to six quotes from these different types of lenders, uh, you're going to be taking a lot of time to figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are according to these lenders, right? And this is where that patience comes in that you were talking about. Yeah, you've, you've got to have patience. That's where you got to start having the conversation with lenders and you'll learn, you know, pretty soon off what they're looking for and, and whether you're going to, you know, you guys are going to be a good match. So you just, you got to talk to a lot of lenders. You can't just settle with one. Right. So, and <laughs> so this, this is sounding more and more like dating. Chris. Yeah, it is a little bit like dating. Is, am I, am I going to marry my lender? Yeah. What's going you gotta, on here? Got to see if you're compatible. <laughs> no, is there a, what, is that the way to look at it? I mean, yeah, is, no, that's a, that's a good, it, it is, it is kind of like dating. <laughs> it, it's probably a little bit more like speed dating. You know, you, 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 you pick up the phone and you talk to one and, 
you know, you, you have this conversation and, you know, you either swipe right or swipe left, you know, right, uh, <laughs> right off the bat. Oh, look at you speaking <laughs> the young person lingo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't know what that app is about. No, I, I probably could even tell you what app it is, but I, I know you have to swipe right or swipe head. left. <laughs> what uh, a I've, weird I've been out of that game it. for a day or two. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So... <laughs> But what you are experienced with is uh, <laughs> is these relationships, this type of lender dating, right? Because you've been around have, the block I've, with yeah, your businesses. I, what are you saying? <laughs> I, I look. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm just I'm just asking questions. Chris. I I have been around the block a little bit. We'll, we'll take for example, kind of an, a, a little bit of an extreme example. Um, w- one of the businesses that I started, I think it was actually the. My first business, my first real big business I bought, and the first one that I really um, started from scratch, I had to go out and get funding for. And it was kind of a non-typical loan, um, so I knew it was going to be a little bit harder. And I ended up having to talk to like, I, I went through at least a piece of the lending process with about 10 different financial institutions was not really getting where I wanted to, was not getting the answers I wanted, was starting to pull my hair out, starting to get frustrated. And finally, I went actually to, believe it or not, a traditional bank, which I thought was going to be the last group that would lend me money for this project that I wanted to do. And to make a long story short, I ended up getting... um kind of the high end of where I wanted the money to be uh, as much or more than I was kind of anticipating that we'd be able to get. And from bank, a traditional bank, which I just didn't think at the beginning would happen, would happen. That's why I kind of waited for them to the end. I I was kind of at at that point scraping the bottom of the barrel. What year was that? Um, that would have been 2013, 14, five or six years ago. Okay. Interesting. That's uh, I I'm just I was uh, referencing in my mind the 0708 crash and wondering no, it, where yeah, it was in no, relation it, to that. So it, after that, interesting. Yeah. I, so, so you never know. You never know, and and that's kind of the point of it is, um, you you, you never want to give up. You 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 just kind of keep pushing through and 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 don't settle for the answers that you're hearing. You know, that's kind of one of the the most common traits that I see in successful business owners is that they just plain don't give up. You know, when they're told no, they don't accept it and they figure out a way to overcome it. And so with lenders, that might be, you know, going to another lender, finding another lender, talking to a bunch of different lenders. You know, you you may have to, you know, if you keep running into the same issue, you know, say, for example, credit's an issue that keeps coming up as a roadblock. You may have to do some things to improve your credit. You may have to um, find a way to get a little bit more money to be able to put more money down. You may have to find a partner who can help you meet some of the bank requirements. You just, you, you never let no be the final answer and you always just keep pushing and trying and trying. That's what I see in successful business people are the people that are willing and able to do that. That makes sense. Uh, but in order to get through all the no's and hopefully some yeses, uh, you got to start somewhere. Now we, we've kind of talked about the different types of lenders, but let's get into kind of the specifics of where I start. If I'm just getting into this process, what is step one? I, I think it's always a, the, one of the best places to start are with people that you've got relationships with. 
So for example, you know, the bank that you use for your personal banking, if it's a bank or a credit union where you have your checking or savings account, even though banks sometimes can be a hard, hard group to get a loan from, it's, it's still a good place to start because you've got a relationship with them. They already like you, you're a client of theirs. And so even if they can't get you a, a loan, oftentimes they've got lots of relationships with some more of the non-banking lenders that, that provide those kind of loans that they don't provide. And they're going to, because you're a client of theirs already, they're going to be happy to, to refer you to some of those others and, and kind of help get the ball rolling that way. Especially because if they can refer you to somebody who will get you the loan and get that business started, uh, you're not going to be, you're not going to be opening up your business checking account with that uh, secondary lender. It's going to be at that bank, right? Yeah, they want to keep you around. They do want to keep you around yeah, for absolutely. sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, also as you're going through dealerships and looking at, at trucks or trailers, the dealerships will often have lenders that they've worked with in the past. They can refer you to, um, you know, and, and, and internet searches are always good too, especially for finding the, finding those smaller mom and pop shops. Right. Um, internet searches are really good. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that second category of, uh, of, non-bank lenders kind of it reminds me a lot of when anytime you're shopping for a car or a home you you know your real estate agent or your uh your banker whoever they or yeah yeah sorry your your car salesman they've got people that they prefer to send you yeah, to they, so. they want to close on the deal as much as you want yeah. to and so they're gonna be an advocate in your corner to help you find you know, the financing options that, that are going to work for you. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the other category of people who know what they're talking about, I suppose, would be other truck drivers. Absolutely. Yeah. If you've got friends that uh, own trucks, talk to them. They, they'll be able you know, find out who they got their financing through and, and uh, they'll probably be able to give you some good pointers and some good ideas as well. Okay. So now we're on the track. We've, uh, we've gotten started talking to a few potential lenders and they are now sending you out to gather a bunch of your, basically your life story yeah, uh, and bring it to them. And so you're going to need uh, a checklist. And this at- is where, this is, this is where life often gets really painful in the, uh, <laughs> in the lending world. Checklists? Checklists. And they're going to ask you for a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know, they're going to want to know information about your firstborn and, you know, uh, just everything. And so I, I, I'm going to put on the um, hollandassetsllc.com, holland with no G, assetsllc.com in the show notes for this episode. I'm going to put a list of the most common items that uh, financial institutions are going to ask for. So you can go in there and, and at least know what they're going to be asking for and maybe start gathering some of that information so you've got it ready to go when they ask for it. You can just uh, give it to them. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, anything else that uh, you feel like we should keep in mind at this point in the conversation? Yeah, let's just kind of get into some of the nuts and bolts of it. You know, you, you know, you're going to have to put money down. There aren't very many loans that you're going to be able to find that are no money down loans in the trucking world. Um, I, I've 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 heard that there are some out there, but I've never really been able to see them. So I, I think most people are going to have a hard time finding any option or even qualifying for that kind of option, but you need to be able to plan on putting 10 to 20% down. So in, in my situation, um, because I didn't have any driving experience, I had to put 20% down, which is a little bit higher uh, than uh, I would have liked to have been, but you know it is what it is. So I ended up putting about 13,000 down on the truck. I got a little bit luckier on the trailer and only had to put 10% down. So 
I think it was just a little bit shy of five thousand. Okay. On the trailer, in in a future episode, we're going to talk startup costs, and I'll I'll list out exactly um, what, what those it, down what payments took. were. Okay, interesting. Well, and now this brings up another question that uh, that occurs, and that's whether the loan is in the business name or your personal name, because we did a whole episode on starting the business so that you could separate yourself from the business for all sorts of reasons. Uh, so is this a situation where you get to do that? Um, that's a great question. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, especially when you're first starting out, there are some lenders and, and you may just not be able to find a lender that's going to let you put that um, loan, that business loan in, in the business name. They're going to require it in your personal name. Um, and, and sometimes you just can't get around that. And, and usually it's better to get it a loan than just not be able to get one. So you have to do your personal, but even with a new business, oftentimes, even if they will let you put the loan in the business name, they're going to still require you to do what's called a personal guarantee. So, so basically you're still kind of on the hook personally as well, because you've got to personally guarantee that uh, that loan payment's going to get made. And that's why they're asking for a list of all your assets Yeah. to know, you know, is, is your house going to work as collateral and all that, right? Yeah. Oftentimes, some, usually you're not going to have to put a house up for collateral. Some, sometimes you might have to on a truck, but usually you're, you're not. Um, they just want to know that you've got one. And now the next question would be, how long does a loan like this go for? Uh, that's an answer I wouldn't have any earthly idea uh, about. And, and the, the, the answer to that is that really it truly varies. Oftentimes you can get anywhere from a three to six year term on a used truck. If it's a newer truck, sometimes you can get even a longer term than that. But there's pros and cons of, of having a shorter term versus a long term. Really, the, the only good point about a long term, longer term loan is you're going to have a, a, a lower down, a lower, payment. lower monthly payment. And, and where that becomes beneficial is if you have a really bad month for some reason you don't bring a lot of money in, it's easier to make that payment. But it's probably, and I'm going on my own experience here, I guess it's probably going to take a lot longer for you to start making large principal payments on that longer term loan, right? Yeah. So you, you the longer the term loan, the, the, the longer you're going to be what's called upside down in the loan. So what that means is you're going to owe more money than the, the truck is worth and what you could sell it for. And, and when you're upside down like that, in most auto loans, even trucks, you're going to be upside down in that loan for a certain period of time. And you know the, when, while you're upside down, it's harder to get out of it if you want. So you, you take, for example, if you buy a truck that you know you only want to be in it for three years, if you get a six-year loan, you're, you're kind of asking for trouble because there's still a good chance after that three-year period, you're still going to be upside down. And so... Um, I would definitely recommend if, if you don't think you're to not get a loan, that's going to be much longer than the time you anticipate being in the loan. If, if, if you're going to, if you plan on selling the truck in three years and upgrading, you know, a four year term may be a good term. Five year might be, get a, a little bit sketchy, but six years, probably no bueno. Okay. So that makes sense. We've talked about uh, we talked about the terms. We've talked about something somewhat about the rates. Actually, maybe that is something I could ask you is uh, what sort of percentage are we talking about here for a truck or a trailer loan? That's a, a, a kind of hard question to answer because rates change a lot over time. Sure. Um, so today, in, in today's world, those banks that offer the very, very best loans, 
Um, on a on a semi truck, you're maybe going to get into the five percents, roughly, mm-hmm. and, and that's going to be, you know, you've got great credit, you've got an established business, you're very low risk, good credit scores. Um, that's those are the type of people that are going to get that. Then on the higher end, um, you know, if, if you're if you're a higher risk for one reason or another. You're, you, I've seen truck loans for as high as 15, even 20%. Wow. And actually 13, 12 to 15% is really not that uncommon. Okay. I, I would be willing to say, I don't know this for sure. This is just kind of a gut feeling. But uh, in, in today's world, most guys just starting out are probably going to be in that 11 to 15% range. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. And of course... We're recording this in 2019. You know, who knows how things will change. Uh, and so if you're listening to this in the future, first of all, hello from the past. And second <laughs> of all, just know that, you know, the numbers could fluctuate. Yeah, they'll be different. Yeah. So, but that's, uh, it's interesting to get at least something rough. Yeah, but you, you know, if you get several quotes from several different lending institutions, you know, in that same, in, in, you know, if you get two in the same category, that we were talking about earlier and then a couple from different categories, you, you know, and, and they're all coming kind of in the same area, you know, that's kind of what the rates are and sure. you're, you're probably not going to get something out there. If you, if you get, say, say you get two quotes from um, two lenders that, that specialize in trucks and, and, and are really in that realm and one of them's really high and one of them's really low, I, I would, probably go get a third quote and just just to see just to make sure that that uh you know you're everybody's kind of on the up and up because that, that's kind of strange if there's a big gap sure no, that between makes similar sense. types of lenders okay uh well let me see if uh pop quiz let's see what i learned here today <laughs> all right uh when we're going out for a truck loan there are a few different places we can go we can go to the big banks and credit unions we can go to those secondary non-bank lenders or we can go to the smaller uh, mom and pop shops that you're talking about the the most the smallest and maybe less specialized than that second tier uh, those places are all going to be looking for similar criteria, but maybe slightly different. And so you're going to provide different info to each of those. And what you feed into the machine might be a little different. So what you get out is going to be a little different as well. You might yeah. get different rates. You might get different uh, yeses and nos, frankly, from different categories. And so it's important to get uh, it's important to get quotes from each of those categories. One, maybe two from each category, uh, and Keep trying until you get it. Yeah. And don't 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 give up. Yeah, absolutely. So did I did I miss anything big? No, I think that's good. Yeah, that's uh, that basically about sums it up. And just you know, again, be patient. You know, realize it's going to be um, a, a lengthy process. You're gonna you know, banks are gonna come to you. They're gonna ask for what you think is everything but the kitchen sink and. You know, some time's going to pass and then they're going to come back to you and ask for more stuff. And including then, the kitchen including sink. Including the kitchen sink. Yeah. So <laughs> they're going to ask for everything. They're going to come back multiple times. That's just kind of the way banks operate. And you kind of, yeah, banks and financial institutions just kind of have to play their game and, sure. and, and, and do what they ask. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and cut there and just remind everybody that the show notes from this episode, which will include some of that checklist stuff that we were talking about, uh, 
that's going to coach you through a lot of this, uh, the nitty-gritty of this sort of thing, can be found at hollandassetsllc.com. That is no G, hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, and we hope to see you there. Obviously, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we hope that if you find this useful, that you'll share the podcast as well with anybody who might benefit from it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Chris, thanks for coming in. Great to be here. Thanks, everybody, and uh, great talking to you. Good luck out on the road. Thank you very much.